This is just a time for sharing, for Dhamma reflections, for questions, for whatever. How, how, how has this been? I mean, does it begin to get some of the pieces kind of linking up where it seems like it might be easier to put some of this meditation practice into what one is struggling with in work or not? Tension in it. That's an interesting question. 
things that have been suggested, like, you know, if you're going into a, a scene that's, you know, chaotic or somebody's not breathing and their heart is not pumping and family members are screaming, you know, to breathe or do something, but just to kind of, you know, get in your mind that, yes, you have to do something, but you don't have to, you know, it's not your emergency, you don't have to rush, you know, it's certain things that have been suggested, it's, you know, you know, don't run, walk into the scene, walk swiftly, but, you know, maybe reach down and pet the dog as you're going in, you know, something that you normally would associate as, as relaxing, and, you know, a mindset is kind of just a, and it's, it's a challenge, it's something you have to practice, but I've noticed, you know, after doing it for a while, that, you know, it's definitely possible to slow your mind down, but still act this is just knowing you have that option. And like having done that walking meditation today help because you you have the awareness that it's not required that you say rush or at least have that stress around it. You have the experience of either visualizing or going through the motions of that activity without that stress. That just helps a lot. I also noticed what my mind was noticing when I was just hanging out with Andrew. If there was a curiosity and a playfulness, and oh, what's in that hand? <coughs> then when we had to rest, I just didn't notice things. The curiosity and the playfulness kind of dissipated. of it because when we can touch into that stuff as being there, then that's there independent about whether the other person is playing, you know? And so you can actually touch into this shared awareness with them, whether or not they're touching into that same thing with you. But the more you do that with them, the more it opens up the possibility that they can actually meet you there. You know? Even if it's like not, I mean, in a work situation, you wouldn't have languaging to describe it. You wouldn't be talking about it. But you're just there. You're just doing it. Yeah. Is it possible to do that exercise with someone you know? Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's just that because when there's somebody you know, their perceptions are activating stronger. Yeah then it's easier to start with somebody that you're not that close with because with somebody that you know really, really well, you know, one little something, and it's like you, you got them, you've got the whole kind of thought process, mindset, thinking happening. Yeah. <laughs> one little, tiny little movement, and it's like, you know, that means... 
<laughs> so it takes a lot more presence to not get lost into story. Yeah. Because the associations and the perceptions are much more complex with somebody that you know very, very, very deeply. Yeah. And I, could you see that when you're walking past people? How much more evocative it was when you're passing somebody that you knew? as opposed to somebody that you didn't know? Because the perceptions are, you know, one's own sense of self arises much more clearly around somebody who recognizes us or we feel recognized by. Yeah. It was harder not to smile at someone that you didn't, you know, kind of way.
there's an awful lot that goes into role and perception and sense of self and whether one is boring or interesting or has things to say, you know, and whether one feels heard or not. And the difference, like you said, between, you know, when you're operating from a perspective of feeling yourself in a role and you see that and then the role starts to fall away, you know, whatever it is, you know, in terms of male or female or sexual orientation or the partnership or the friendship or who you are in relationship to that or who you feel yourself to be as you're speaking. All of these things. And then it just, you see them, they arise and then they start to kind of crumble, they fall away. They, they don't really have that same grip. And then something else can emerge when you're not gripped by in some kind of a, of a box. You know, there's just a kind of a flow of awareness and perception and whatever. But it's interesting also to watch the way when you're in a shared field of attention, how it makes it easier to see one's own patterning. You know, it's easier to do that when you're sharing that perception with, with a field of attention with another person sometimes than when you're just in your own space. I mean, I, that's my experience. I don't know. How is it for you? I've definitely noticed as we've gone through the exercises uh, the ways that I have certain conventions and, or just uh, ways that I practice and do different things and, and have uh, just a certain way of doing things and then to have someone else lead and then see, start to see those extraneous parts that you put onto your own practice or your own the way that you perceive the world. And so those, like you say, sort of fall away find new spaces Yeah, it's, it's a pressure to, you know, just be yourself instead of trying to be a 
And it's often those fears of, you know, I'm not enough or I don't measure up that keeps the loops happening rather than actually the ability just to see them for what they are and then say, well, is this true? Is it relevant? Or even if it is true and relevant, is this the way I want to live? You know, do I want to live in loops? You know, is that actually meaningful to me? Does that actually bring a sense of joy or a sense of, does that connect with my own aspiration? But it's hard to get through those loops if you don't see them. It was interesting that it was the same experience of like finding places of physical tension and just identifying them and like making space around them or being aware of them without responding to them or reacting to them. I actually, I actually found it easier to be aware of, of like physical tension and, and then stopping my reactivity to it than to the pauses because <laughs> I felt uncomfortable with the pauses too harder to make space and just observe that discomfort. How does was the team thing? What was that like? Fun. <laughs> Especially rearranging the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> to the internal body sensations and awareness during that thing? Was it strong or not so strong? It's fascinating, isn't it? We just have two or three simple things to do and it's just like we just absolutely disconnect and lose perspective and we're gone. so there's something about the way we grab hold of information and details and tasks that is really deep rooted pattern for separating from body awareness and flow and sensing and communication sequencing tasks goals and information all of them it's like helps a lot because I have these goals and tasks that I'm a school counselor, so I also have kids coming in at random times or emergencies. Having to step back and let go of whatever the task was so I can be present for whatever the human situation is. Sometimes that's hard. I don't care if you're really upset. I'm busy on the computer. I was working on for many years at Amravati and it was just horrifying to me to realize, you know, that I would go like this and I'd say, this one can paint, that one can do this. And it's like, don't bother me, I'm sorting. <laughs> that one absolutely can't handle a screwdriver. <laughs> it's like act completely not seeing the person, just seeing whether they can perform the task that I was interested in having them do. I have this thing that I do at work with my glasses, my reading glasses. I lose my reading glasses about three times a day, and I mean like 
like they are gone, and I carry them, and I put them down somewhere. I'm so oblivious to to it. Talk about a lack of mindfulness. I, it's like, I, I don't know. So I think today is going to help me with that. Because I think it's possible, surely it's possible, to have our minds full and still be somewhat physically present, right? It's got to be possible. Because I lose my glasses all the time. <laughs> like, oh, I do that too, and then I... It's like, and then where is the strap? <laughs> stock that we come from, 
It took like three hours or four hours a day to do everything that was needed in order to secure the food and the clothing and whatever for your family, for yourself. And the rest of the day was recreation, art, hanging out, socializing, playing, you know, whatever you did. But now we have like 18 hours a day and it's still not done, you know. And so then the, the everything that we need in terms of relaxing downtime, socializing, hanging out with people, playing, it's, very, it's crammed into such a small amount of time. And, I mean, it's one of the interesting things that I keep running into in my predicament because my life is dependent on support of other people. And there's lots of people who are really good-hearted but who are just completely overextended. You know, they just don't have the time. And it's like in epidemic proportions, you know. It's just like everywhere, you know. And I don't... I don't have easy answers other than, you know, when there are ways of making choices about doing less rather than more or just taking time for nothing. I mean, plan time for nothing as like a regular plan, you know, what that looks like where it actually doesn't have an agenda on it and see what that feels like. I mean, I know for myself coming out of England, I've needed lots of time that had nothing in it. I still do. You know, it's like it's... My system is still in transition, still recovering. And, you know, it's part of what I have to, I have to make space for nothing. But that's also part of the reason why I have this strong feeling that, you know, a, a spiritual community that supports monastics as well as lay people, it feels like a rich opportunity to, like, have time out from some of this stuff, you know where you can just go in a place and it, you're, you are supported or you're welcome to, to meditate and to be gentle and kind with yourself and others and, and do nothing. So we have power nothing times where I've got, I've got to power my nothing time. <laughs> <laughs>
last summer we had an epiphany after having a lot of time and space to sit. Um, but it is a choice to go to work. I don't have to do that job. So rather than having to be always rushing and task-oriented to look at it as this is where it choose to be. And then I left just to let go some of that feeling of but it's also possible, you know, when things are really tight, you know, like it's boom, 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 boom. You've got five minutes to make a five-minute retreat, you know, where you actually just totally drop into body awareness and completely relax and are totally present. You've got five minutes. That's all you got. But it's incredible how rejuvenating it is, you know. So, you know, the whole practice of relaxing into resistance, you know, and rather than feeling the tightness of the edges, feel the space of the space between, and just expand into that completely, and then see what happens. I also think that trips to Italy, people can move there and they make bad choices. Yeah, well, there's cultures that are moving at a slower pace. Yeah, well, Colorado, I mean, you should go to the Bay Area. <laughs> New York. <laughs> yeah, Gwen and I drove through New York City, and we got to somebody's house, and I, I, I've never taken speed, but I said, I'm sure what speed feels like. <laughs> <laughs> For hours. All we did was drive through. It was like, that was it. <laughs> Shall we do some more walking? Yeah. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.